Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, guys. I am going to start us off with a high five today, and that is a positive thing coming out of this um, self-isolating, social distancing, quarantining, <laughs> and that is that, wow, I understand how people actually meal plan when you have nothing else to do, <laughs> because yeah, as you guys know from past failures, I'm really not that great at meal planning or... Um, Following through with my meal planning, I think, is my main fault. (laughs) Making the plan, but then I don't actually make the food. But I've been way more successful even in I actually buy the groceries for the meals I plan because I'm thinking about it. Wow. In the past, it's been, okay, what do I have in my fridge? Then I just plan, plan in air quotes around those things. But I've like made bread. Once I made homemade tortillas that were amazing. And my husband, Parker's like, I'm really liking your cooking this <laughs> quarantine. So I'm giving myself a high five for this. And I'll probably just go back to exactly how it was before once we can go back to normal life. But it has been a positive. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe we'll just keep this amazing habit. <sighs> we'll see. Consider the possibility. <laughs> okay, that is awesome. We are, Felicia was sending me, as we were planning this, we were just chatting and she's sending me all these delicious recipes <laughs> and we're doing the, well, I'm doing the worldwide like fasting for the virus in the world right now. Well, not fasting for the virus, fasting for us as humans. <laughs> fasting in, against yeah. the virus. <laughs> and it's making me, all the pictures you're sending me, I'm like, even though it's Sorry. morning and I'm not even hungry yet. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to I make, will be hungry. <laughs> I need to make all of these things because these look so good. Anyway, well, Felicia, that's impressive. I am, uh, I'm feeling torn right now, guys, because I, we bought a house and so I'm using this time, it's given me all this time to do house projects, like painting our house and we're, I mean, we're doing all these things before we move into the house. So on one hand, I'm so grateful for this time that the COVID-19 isolation is giving us to do these things and yet I'm feeling torn like I'm missing out on making these yummy meals for my family so honestly I don't know I'm feeling grateful and guilty I'm feeling both so I'm just gonna live vicariously through you that you're meal planning (laughs) and I'm gonna live through your projects I've been craving projects and we're in our rental that I have no projects so yes wish we could split 50 50 (laughs) yeah yeah I agree um, so my, um, that was just an add on to your high five, <laughs> just talking about it. But my, I actually have a, I decided to make it a high five. And that was last week, guys, we didn't record, um, Felicia, luckily it was so amazing. Just Providence. It was beautiful. <laughs> she done an interview with Dr. Mary Wild, which was fantastic. Totally inspiring. I, I loved it. If you she haven't heard great. it. 
she yeah, she was fantastic. But you were both really great. Um, but we were still going to get together and record, so we'd be a week ahead. And, you know, Felicia has a baby coming, so we thought it'd be great. Well, we ended up not recording because I came down with a fever. And and you can, as you can imagine, normal, you know, fevers normally don't give me any concern. And frankly, I'm actually not even worried myself about getting COVID-19 because I feel like I'm, you know, I mean, obviously there's always a risk, but like I feel confident with it myself. Like I feel like I'm, it would be okay for me probably, most likely. But I was like, what if I'm pa- I passed it to my parents and what if they die because mm-hmm. of me? I mean, mm-hmm. like I was freaking out guys <laughs> so like I, you know i text felicia i'm like obviously i can't record because i might have the plague and anyway but i got tested i don't have it don't worry but so that's my high five is that i had a fever and it was not covid19 <laughs> and it really made me like i went i like it it really made me like i went through a lot of feelings that i didn't think i'd go through mm-hmm. frankly i thought i would be like oh if i had it it's fine like yeah i got this I just be present with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all the things that we always talk about. But it surprised me how many like emotions I had to process mm-hmm. with, you know, because you have to wait days for the test to come back. And and it was just, I've never been so grateful just to have like a normal, I didn't even know what I had. <laughs> it was literally just a fever. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> but I'm so grateful. I was so oh. grateful that it was just that. And Me too. And it also <clears throat> made me, because we live, I mean, right by my parents. And it also, I told them, it made me think, it made me even reevaluate, like, if I'm going to give them food, mm-hmm. what I need to do to, like, send... I don't know. Like, I couldn't live with myself if I gave them yeah. something like that. So that was a really long way of saying high five that Not I didn't God. pass anything to my family. <laughs> Specifically, I didn't pass COVID-19 to my family. So Ugh. that's a high five. Just the underlying stress of all of this is a lot. That you don't even think until something ignites it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh. I've been legitimately surprised at how many emotions go through me, even when it's not even me, like a friend loses their job and I'm like feeling all sorts of crazy emotions and my kids, I don't know about you guys, we've talked about this a little and this isn't even our subject, but I just need to put it out there for you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, my kids, like not a ton of things have changed. I mean, things have changed, but like it isn't like we're in dire straits or anything Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. But there's still, like, a lot of emotions going through. Mm-hmm. It's, like, collective emotions that are just in the world floating through. And there's our own family emotions, you know what I mean, of, like, my totally. husband's business is insecure right now and our livelihood is on the line. And, I mean, those are, like, big things. And my kids can just feel it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. both my boys want to sleep in our room on the floor. Like, they're mm-hmm. asking every night. Like, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of feelings. I think a lot of us are just feeling a lot. So we're feeling all the feels. Yeah. And so if you feel, and I actually just listened to a podcast with Esther Perel Mm -hmm. and she was saying that just because you feel like, well, I'm not dying right now. I didn't just lose my husband to COVID-19 or I still have a job. Mm -hmm. Those aren't reasons. And so a lot of people, times we say to ourselves, well, I shouldn't be feeling these big feelings because I'm not in one of, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not in those situations. So then we don't give ourselves permission to feel the feelings. So I just want to say to all of you, whatever your situation is, you have permission to feel whatever feeling comes through you. Mm-hmm. Whether you have lost your job or you have lost somebody that you know or somebody that you know and love is sick mm-hmm. with COVID-19, 
you're permitted to feel whatever feelings come through. Or if you have none of those feelings and you're just bored at home and your job is way secure Mm -hmm. and you're like, how am I even feeling bad because I have a secure job? Mm -hmm. It's okay. Give yourself permission. Feel all the things. None of us are locked into feeling a certain way only because of our circumstances. So Mm -hmm. feel whatever feeling comes through you Mm because, wow, we're all just feeling a lot. And there is... I really think there's like a collective energy feeling too. I think Are you so feeling too. that? Like totally. totally. It's just like hanging in the mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally feel that. And in a way it makes me feel connected to everybody because wow, <clears throat> yeah. apparently our emotions really are connected with each other. Yeah. And at the same time, just give yourself permission to feel that. There's a collective mm-hmm. heaviness. Yeah. And that's okay. And yeah. a collective sense of unity and love. Yeah. Too. It's a way to connect. There's both. Yeah. yeah. And just, it's okay to feel whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. That was a tangent, mm-hmm. but I feel like somebody... I need I need to hear this for myself. So give yourself permission mm-hmm. to feel whatever you're feeling mm-hmm. right now. In fact, my friend Tessa the other day, she we were talking and she said, "I'm going to be a little bit sad when this is over because it's the first time our whole world is in the same boat. Like we're all doing the same thing and it does feel really it does feel really connected, but also obviously the background of anxiety connection that's not that fun to be connected through stress but it is it is a huge connector like when I if I meditate and I'm thinking of the concept of you know the collective pain of the world that's always been so abstract yeah but right now it's it's just like real yeah it's pertinent yeah to this moment and it feels oh, I actually feel that because I'm feeling the same thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, not cool way. And it's cool <laughs> when I hear people talk because the world we live in, I mean, I literally like I'll hear, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm hearing somebody's voice who lives across the world and they're in the exact same situation that we're in. It's kind of crazy. You know, it like crazy. what they're doing, what they're facing mm-hmm. with their jobs and their homes and their living, you know, how yeah. we're all adjusting to the different things. It's kind of actually a cool feeling to be like, whoa, Whoa, they're feeling that. They literally live on the other side of the world. Yes, they don't even speak the same language as me. It's so cool. Yeah. Yes, that is cool. All right. So our concept today is nothing to do with any of those things. We just needed to get that out a little bit. We haven't talked to adults in a while. (laughs) Guys, it is, we met here at 6 a.m. Because, you know, now that we don't have, like, regular school, we've bumped it. We're sleeping in now to 6 a.m. And it's 8 in the morning now, guys, and we're just starting to record. Because apparently we have a lot of things to say because we haven't seen each other in real life now for, like, weeks. And this episode has been fully planned previously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually met virtually a few days ago. Anyway, yeah. Oh, guys. So we've just been, a lot to say. We were just, like, literally, like, word vomiting on each other for two hours. And finally, we're like, okay, I think we're ready to Let's move go. on. So if you need a gap fest, go to the first 10 minutes of this episode. If not... All right, so we have problems. So sometimes we have, I feel like most of the time, when we bring research or book or concept to you guys, we have really um, vetted it and feel strongly about the parts of it that we share. This concept that we're talking about today, we both listened to... um, an interview with Glennon Doyle by Brene Brown and felt inspired to share some of the things we felt based on her thoughts. But I just want to give a little disclaimer that we, 
you know, we took the concept and we've been talking about it and thinking about it and kind of fleshing it out and breaking it down to align with kind of how we feel about this. But also, as we were talking about it, there are parts of it that we still feel a little unsure about exactly our stance on. I can say that for myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I spent. It's intense. (laughs) The last two hours, a few days ago that we were planning this, I spent the first half an hour saying some of this, and we're going to share with you, obviously, the stuff that really resonated with us. Mm -hmm. But there's other things. This is actually what I love about Glennon Doyle when I read her books. She challenges me. Mm -hmm. And it's not in a way of like, oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's more like a, wow, you're making me think. And because I'm not sure if I agree with you, it's really making me dig deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of this concept. I feel like it's important to ask yourselves the questions and figure yes. out where you stand on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to figure out, exactly, honestly, frankly, where <clears throat> I feel. Yes. And I think that's what we want to do is open it up, expose it so you can see it and ponder it. Because that's what we've been doing. And anyways, let's get to this. So (laughs) the concept is. (laughs) So Glennon talks about um, in her new book, Untamed, which we haven't read, but the podcast is talking about her book, um, how over generations as women, we, you know, we've had this gradual acceptance and enlightenment and um, we've gotten to a place where we do have a lot more freedom to express ourselves and to seek goals but there's still this kind of backdrop for a lot of women I think especially if you're in a caregiving position if you're a mother or even if you're caring for any other people because I feel like that's a role that women step into there's kind of this backdrop of guilt that if we want more than that current situation, which is probably good. You know, we have this, in quotes, good life. If we're longing for something at the next level that doesn't quite exist yet, then uh, maybe that's wrong. Like we're feeling this guilt if we're dreaming outside of that box, if that makes sense. Which totally goes back to what I was just saying, actually, of giving ourselves permission to, I think a lot of us feel, whatever your situation is, maybe it's you have a great job, and you're feeling like you want to spend more time with your kids, but then you mm-hmm. feel bad because you have a great job. Mm-hmm. Or if you're spending most of your time with your kids and you're feeling bad now because you're longing for something more there, mm-hmm. we beat ourselves up about, well, I should only be feeling gratitude. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the paradox is that we can feel gratitude and want Discontentment. more at the same time. It's mm-hmm. the whole concept of being striving and satisfied at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it all comes back this around. This is what it is. <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yes. So... I think a lot of the times we, I think it's the martyr effect. So we won't be a good woman. We won't be a good mom. We won't be a good wife if blank. We, you know, take this four-day yoga training because we want to be a teacher. Or we... (laughs) (laughs) She might be talking about me there. (laughs) But we've all, you know, those feelings. You want it, but you feel guilty for wanting it. You feel bad while you're gone, but... If your husband were to do a four-day work trip, I know I can say this because I I have talked to many men who they don't have that feeling when they leave of they miss their kids, but they're not like 
guilt of like I'm not making their sandwich. Yes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it's, yeah. it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the for whoever the primary care provider right. is, if you have right. it swapped in your house, right, then the man will probably fill it. Yeah, right. totally. Mm-hmm. And I I even have friends who work, they work full time and they are like the primary primary income, but because of this backdrop that I think does linger for a lot of women, they, f- they still feel that yeah. they feel mm-hmm. that yeah. I should be home, but I'm the income. So I, huh. I think there's like, and these women, tricky. I think I know who you're talking about. Their husbands actually stay home full time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or home full time. Yeah. But they still so it feel they don't have a primary care. Pro- wow. Yeah. yeah Interesting. It's, it is a yeah. paradox. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, so this is what her, her podcast was about was this this interview was kind of this paradox and how we can um see it and for us when looking at this we kind of broke it down to a few tips that we think are going to help us <laughs> these are not glennon's tips these are our breakdown <laughs> of what she was talking about yes one of the, my favorite takeaways that I can say 100%, wow, like this ring truth into my soul. And Brene Brown has said this before too um, in, in her past things. And then she said it again here. But I think a lot of us, a lot of, especially the generation before us and the gener- generation before that. And I can't really speak for any generations before that because I haven't actually talked to the women of these generations. But um, that to be a good mother means being a martyr you Mm -hmm. must sacrifice yourself on the altar of motherhood to be a good mother Mm -hmm. you must give up your wholeness that is what being a good mother is and Mm -hmm. i have heard those words not from my own mom but i've heard that words from many women who i admire so Mm -hmm. much growing up um but i have to say i actually full-heartedly disagree Mm -hmm. I, I believe that there's sacrifice in motherhood, definitely. Mm-hmm. With anything actually that's worthwhile in our lives, we sacrifice for, right? Mm-hmm. And we do give of ourselves. And there in motherhood, especially parenthood, there is so much service involved, mm-hmm. definitely. However, the thing I passionately disagree with is that we do not have to sacrifice our wholeness or our dreams mm-hmm. or our minds mm-hmm. or our mental health and physical, it does not, yeah. Uh, yeah, or our physical health, it does not mean being a martyr. I think, and I'm not saying you can have it all, to be clear, because I think the idea, and I'm just talking about women here, men and women, mm-hmm. I don't think you can do every single thing in the world and be mm-hmm. excel at all those. Mm-hmm. It's, it goes back to essentialism. We're choosing the things that we feel like are most important. So I'm not saying we can have it all. I'm saying that we can choose what's essential to us and we can have all those things. Mm-hmm. I think we can have whatever our essentials is. I think you can be a successful writer and a successful, you know, like whatever your thing is. Totally. You can choose what your essential things are and within whatever those things are, I think you can still take care of yourself, your body, your mind, your spirit, be whole. Mm-hmm. And, and this goes along with, and I, I think this actually is going to fit here. Glennon says something that I, oh, wow. She said that she was trying to make this really hard decision. And she looked at her daughter and realized perhaps our children don't need us to save them. They need to watch us save ourselves. Mm -hmm. That did resonate with me because Mm -hmm. I think as my children, I think it's way important to model for them. 
I am holding this space for me mm-hmm. because this is what I need to be a whole person. Mm-hmm. Just as you need to hold the space for you to be a whole person now as a child mm-hmm. and when you're a mother or a father, I don't want you to sacrifice your entire mental health. Totally. And feel resentment for people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I actually, like, to me, that really resonates with me. That, and how do we stay whole? It isn't by doing it all. It's by yeah. coming down to what our essential things are and making space for what is truly, truly important to us and filling our souls. Totally. You know? And we we carry, I think, you might see it as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making the sacrifice for my kids. and But your kids feel... I, I know that I see resentments or or those kind of feelings that were passed down to me from my mom. Things that that I wit it's like no I wit go do that you know like do that for you because I think kids can they'll carry those resentments over time if they're put on them from their yes. parents. Yeah, no child, and I've shared this with if in past episodes, but this is a really important point. My mom's mom was always like, I don't exercise because of you guys. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't, I don't know if she'd say that exact sentence, but like, yeah. I don't go to the doctor and take care of myself because I'm so busy taking care of you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of these things. And she ended up dying from health complications from not taking, I mean, like, literally, it was so, it's like the way she died was so sad. Mm-hmm. And my mom always says, I no child should have to carry that their mom wasn't, healthy and whole Mm -hmm. because of me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm because she was giving so much to us yeah she didn't have time to take care of herself Mm -hmm. that's too much for kids Mm -hmm. we do not want to put that on them yes it's our job to take care of ourselves they're not responsible for our emotional health Mm -hmm. or mental health or physical health Mm -hmm. we are yep so let's just take that off of them because it's not it's not their place to see and I also want to clarify here when we talk about sacrifice I mean you guys know I'm a stay-at-home mom so I had a job that I loved before that I chose to put a, a hold on mm-hmm. and I plan on going back. Mm-hmm. And I also admire people who kept their careers going during children. Like mm-hmm. I, I think whatever you choose for me, it was like not a place. It didn't come from a place of sacrifice of resentment. Mm-hmm. It came from a place of this is what I'm choosing because this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And for many different reasons, like a lot of things went into that choice, but it isn't something I feel resentful about. It's something I actually feel really joyful about totally so and i think however you feel on the inside you can kind of do a check with you yeah whatever way you choose is awesome and but i do think when you know that a sacrifice is coming from a place of emptiness when you're feeling resentful Mm -hmm. about that sacrifice does that make sense totally instead of a joyful like yes i am this is something i totally want to give up for a while because i want this more Mm -hmm. that feels good Mm -hmm. but if you're feeling resentful then that is something to think about, right? Yep. Resentment. Yep. Recognize. Mm-hmm. Resentment isn't of giving from a place of wholeness. Yep. Exactly. So that is our first tip is to, is to recognize that in order, our, our kids need to see us honor ourselves, save ourselves. Yes. First tip. Just and internalize. Did, and did that resonate with you at all? Feeling like, do you feel like being a martyr equals being a good parent? Yes. I actually think even when you're sick, like, I mean, just last week when I had my fever, my husband, Jeff, was like, he was taking the kids and he's like, I want you to make sure you take a nap. I promise me you'll take a nap and not like empty the dishwasher. Like, yeah. I don't want to come back and you've cleaned the house. Yeah. Like, take a nap. And I looked at him and I was like, just so you know, you don't have to worry about me <laughs> being a martyr. Like, yes. I don't, 
I there's a part of us that's like, oh, I just want to push through and like mm-hmm. show my worth and be like, oh, I'm not gonna take care of myself because mm-hmm. I can I can do this. And I'm like, me crashing mm-hmm. is not gonna help anybody. So yeah, yeah, you guarantee. And I took like a three hour nap and I got wet better way fast. It was amazing. Totally. That sounded. I'm not saying I caused that either. Like yeah. I'm just grateful. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but I think I think that for I even find it myself I want there is a part of me that wants to be like come back and be like whoa look at all I did I didn't mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. I didn't even need to take care of myself yeah. but my body was yeah. like begging for rest yeah and so just ask yourself that question like right now do I think being a martyr is helpful pushing 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 myself past my limits and not taking time for myself mm-hmm. do I find this internal satisfaction with mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. if so let's mm-hmm. let's um reframe that mm-hmm. and make space for yourself and I think that's a, a theme in, if we're talking about lingering backdrops, I think that's a theme that all of us see in, especially social media. I mean, that's how we see other people, but it's the, you know, the mom who always is ready and, you know, the house is perfect and it, it's not, I think we put those pressures on ourselves. So if if we were to, we're all, we all have our breakdown moments or our weaknesses in the background, but we don't often see them. And I think just recognizing that that doesn't equal, pushing yourself to the breaking point doesn't equal a good mom. Because then what are you teaching your kids? Push themselves to the breaking point forever, you know? Okay, so second, second tip that we pulled out of here, and this is something that we come back to all the time one of our core things that we feel, but is, so when you bring up something big like this, I think you need to really look inside and find your true definition of then for you, what does it look like for you to be the mother or the caregiver or the wife that you want to be? And I think the only way to do that is to find stillness away from outside, um, what is it? What is the right word? Things coming in from the outside can easily, for me, if I'm listening to a bunch of stuff or talking to a bunch of people, how other people define being a good mom or a good wife or a good ex will taint what I actually feel. So I can't rely on concepts from society or even my own mom or, you know, my grandma or whatever, because it it will taint my true definition. So I think our second tip is to get still whether that's journaling walking meditation whatever your recipe is but to ponder on this because I think it is if you can come to a content place with this I think it would provide a lot of happiness joy contentment throughout your your life in this role mm-hmm. yeah and a way you can do that how that would look I, I see two options here one you could look at what emotion, what feeling you want to be the overall feeling of your motherhood your or your parenthood, um, which we talked about before. Like, I want my kids to remember me as joyful. Mm-hmm. But I also want them, when I feel negative emotions, I want them to know that I can be vulnerable too and let mm-hmm. those emotions come through. So really, actually, <clears throat> authentic is probably a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my three words actually are loving, authentic, <laughs> and joyful. If I'm going to put them in priority, which I've already shared with you guys. Those are my top three. I want to, at the end of my life, in th- that order, I want to be loving first because you can be loving even when you're sad. Mm-hmm. I want to be authentic, be able to have my kids know like hard times, easy times, whatever, joyful, happy times. I'm 
showing what I like I can be accepting of all the feelings and then joyful is my third overall I would like to be spreading joy mm-hmm. um, where I can but I think that's one thing to ask is your like kind of in your stillness thinking what your motherhood what are your words that you want and then also that you can also go back to your essentials which are more tasks but something you can do in 10 minutes or less that to you are like these are the most important things in a day that I do with my children or in my life for me my miracle morning is my essentials for my personal life and then my essential list what I do with my kids you know which is reading praying we do our memorizing things together and we do a little breathing thing together um that helps you if you if you heard us just say be still sit with what's important for your motherhood you may be like what does that even mean Mm -hmm. and that would be my two recommendations get some time set it aside what are the emotions you're wanting to cultivate and give yourself something that are actual tasks that show to you what are the most important things for you to do Mm -hmm. with your family and by yourself Mm -hmm. and if you don't know where to start go listen to our morning routine one. Mm-hmm. We'll give you everything you possibly need mm-hmm. to fill your own tank. Mm-hmm. And then we also have an episode about our own essentials that we do with our kids. Yeah, I think finding, for me, I feel like the world is so loud. And if I don't look to what truly matters to me, because there is no right recipe, right? It's defined by what for you inside. So I feel like that's super important. Okay, we're going to take a break. We have two more tips for you when we come back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we're going to move on to our third uh, tip for defining this for yourself, and that is to figure out um, your own boundaries. Boundaries are one of my favorite things ever when it comes to being a parent and a wife and just a human. Um, I think they're just, if we can figure out our own boundaries, we all know people who have clean, strong boundaries and... I feel like it creates such a healthy mental state within someone because they're not letting people, they know their, their boundaries. So it's not like a angry, like, oh, why did you do that to me? Like it's, it's your own fence that you're holding up. And that can be with your kids, with your husband, with friends, with your job, whatever it is. If we have those clean boundaries that we've defined, then it's almost like, a little bubble of peace around you because it's not a a frustrating thing. And I have to go back 
to my childhood, and I've talked about this on the podcast, but um, I definitely had throughout my life some things that force me to create boundaries. And I like this concept of boundaries because I think if you don't define boundaries and set them, then you can either let people either let people walk all over you or turn into like stonewall person. Huh. And and that's or, where I saw myself going. Or overly defensive where you're standing there with a sword in your hand right. poking at everybody because yes. you don't have a fence. Don't up. let anybody in. You know, it's just like yes. I'm just going to I'm overly defensive yeah. because I don't have a fence to keep people in yes. their safe spaces. <laughs> yes. You know? So I need my weapons. Yeah. And I was definitely I definitely saw myself from my childhood going into like stone cold wall up to the sky like interesting like i'm here but nobody's really can get in because i I don't trust anybody but i haven't defined what that actually means what would be healthy for me to let in what wouldn't and so i i mean i don't remember a specific day where i'm like okay i need to set exact boundaries but i think it was the years of time getting to a cleaner place where there are people i can trust Mm with these boundaries set and something that i love what that glennon says is that boundaries aren't people they're your non-negotiable things so it doesn't matter and this really it rung so true to me because of the relationships that i've had with people who i love who are really close to me Mm -hmm. and those are the people who i feel like a lot of the times we let kind of break into our little boundaries because we love them and it's our mom our dad our sister our husband or even our kids and and they're breaking our things that are in quotes non-negotiable so then we feel that you know i'm gonna let him in this one time it's my mom it's okay but it's then you have all that resentment because you didn't actually hold your boundary that you would have held for a complete stranger you wouldn't let a complete stranger do say x to you does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example of the growing up thing to make it more? Can you? And if you can't think of an example, that's fine. Yeah. So I can kind of. Yeah, wrap I think. Our minds around it. Well, I th- I think when so for me when I was growing up there was a lot of um, what's the right word? Uh, guilt growing up too fast, where it was you know my mom putting her big things that were really adult things mm. on me. And so it's almost, I felt like a little reversal of like, I was almost in a parenting role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and I... Felicia was the oldest in her family. So yes. So that makes sense. That yes. You do some of the parenting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then also feeling like, okay, she's, whatever the words are, weak, vulnerable, damaged. If I don't hold it together, mm. if I push back against you, you know expressing that to me or you saying you know something hurtful to me Mm. i'm stronger so Mm. i'm gonna hurt you and that'll be super so i'm just gonna take it oh i see that kind of a feeling okay and whereas it was actions or words that i would never let anybody else Mm. say or do to me yeah and I, i when i listened to this podcast i was like light bulb i it doesn't matter who the person is yeah. I need to hold that boundary no matter who it is. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like blowing my mind. That makes total sense. So So you're saying so you're saying like growing up the boundary was you were having to carry roles that 
what weren't age appropriate for you. So, but because of that, you were having to be like, hmm, okay, you know what? I'm just going to stuff that down. You mm-hmm. just said that. And normally mm-hmm. I'd say something like, if you're going to talk to me like that, then <laughs> then I'm yeah. going to be in another place. But you yeah. couldn't because you're a kid, right? right? I mean, right. you can't say, you're like, right. you're living with the person, right? Right. Okay, I get what you're saying. So, but now you're saying that now that you're an adult, that you can actually yes. say, I can set yeah. my boundary here. Yeah. Which is challenging when as a, when as a child, you're put in a situation where kids have it. I mean, it's really hard. Kids, there's only so much a kid can control. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. So I'm sure that was really challenging for you. And to be, and to be the oldest, to feel that probably extra pressure. I'm sure that was. Yeah. And I think that we carry with us. So for me, for a long time, it was like, I'm still, even though now I'm an adult, I'm still her kid. So I was still carrying that Mm -hmm. weight and I, I have, you know, in the past 10 years gotten to a healthy place with that. But it, it wasn't until I heard this that I realized that concept of, I loved how Glennon said it, boundaries aren't people, they're, they're your non-negotiables. Like they are the things that you won't, nobody can do that. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, she calls it her island. Like you can't be on our island yeah. until you're not doing that, no mm-hmm. matter the person. And I think <clears throat> probably more... I'm sure we all have little things like that, but probably most pertinent when you're a mother is that was a very dramatic example. Going to like day-to-day stuff with kids is holding those time boundaries where I think that guilt sets in so heavy when I talked about this with um, Mary too last episode where it's almost like this uncomfortable like friction that I felt at least as a mom where you know your kids asking you for something and needing something and it's like this that's like my innate thing as a mom is to like play Legos with you right now but because I feel like I should be meeting every single need all the time because that's like what you feel as a mom Mm -hmm. but but holding those time whatever it is so for me it's you know my morning time quiet time or you know, while I'm going to the bathroom, you don't get to come in and stare at me and talk to me or whatever your boundaries are. Or for me, a big boundary of mine is once I'm sitting down at the dinner table, I'm, I'm not, not getting up. I'm not getting up again. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually had my, I just totally interrupted you. I'm just adding. No, yeah. I'm adding to the, whatever your things are, you feel, and I've actually like my, my son the other day to my other son was like, Liam, she's not your servant. <laughs> She's eating. If you've drinking all your drink, you can just go fill it up in the sink. You know what I mean? Like you can tell, I, but they've internalized it. Yes. And I was actually so proud. I was like, yes, yes. you're right. You can walk over and refill your water. Yes, exactly. Because I have, to me, this isn't, it sounds silly, but you're right. Yeah. If we can tell our children that we, once we do whatever this is, for me, mm-hmm. it's sitting down for you. Well, for both of us. Yeah. That morning time. Yeah. And that afternoon quiet time we're holding the space for us because mm-hmm. we are important enough to hold the space for right. just as they are important enough to hold their own space mm-hmm. yes exactly you know? and there's no way to you you can't i tell uh, with quiet time i tell cohen that a lot when he's asking i'll do whatever the thing is after and i just tell him if i if i don't have this time this space what am I going to put in front of the time that's for you or for, you know, like we have to have those boundaries around our feelings, our time, all of those things 
for our kids to learn to, I mean, or you just be walked all over your whole life, Mm -hmm. you know? And it does, I feel like, make so that when you give, because so much of our, the satisfying part of our life is in the giving. Mm -hmm. I think it makes so that when we give, it is rewarding and beautiful and full of connection, not full of emptiness and resentment. Yes. Which I think if we only give on empty all the time, that's what it turns into. Totally. I like love that. Glennon Doyle says that liberation is not one directional. And as Felicia and I were talking about this, I don't think anything is one directional. Yeah. Unconditional love is an un, one directional. You can't give it to other people, but not give it to yourself. Mm-hmm. We know that from Brene Brown's research, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be like, oh, I love everybody. I'm totally kind to other people, but I'm terrible to myself. No, you actually can't fully give the unconditional love to the other people if you don't give it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing is with disgust. When you're like totally critical of everybody else all the time, it turns into criticism towards yourself. Totally. So I actually don't think anything is one directional. Mm-hmm. Yes, as we free ourselves, we free our kids. Mm-hmm. And as we learn to love ourselves, we learn to love our children better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when we learn to respect our own boundaries, we also learn to respect other people's boundaries, whatever they set. Totally. And guys, a light bulb that went off. I'm ashamed to admit this, but I'm going to because this is what being real is, right? <laughs> as... Felicia and I were talking about this. We started talking about boundaries that we set versus boundaries that our husbands set when it comes to parenting. And I, both of us, realized when Felicia said this, I was like, oh no, I do this. I do this, guys. When it comes to like little things, you know, like I set the thing of, I only make one meal, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of my boundaries is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make the one meal. And if you decide that you want scrambled eggs, I'm not going to make scrambled eggs for you because Mm -hmm. I've already made this meal. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm happy to make scrambled eggs on the next meal for us mm-hmm. or tomorrow morning mm-hmm. for breakfast or whatever, but I'm not going to make five different breakfasts yeah. because everybody else wants different things. I'm not a short order cook. Yes. This is what I make. I'll make you a delicious meal mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to eat, mm-hmm. right? That's one of my things. And within that, of course, I don't, I'm not forcing my kids to eat them. All the things, the choice yeah. is yours to yeah. eat it or not. Yeah. But this is the meal, right? Yep. And so like, you know, say for example, if my husband doesn't know that rule or if he's you know home or whatever, like... I expect him, though, to also respect that boundary, right? Like, I don't want him to just start making Pop-Tarts mm-hmm. when I've already made breakfast, mm-hmm. you know? So it's interesting. I hold him to that, hey, you got to you gotta hold this boundary with me mm-hmm. or respect this boundary because I've said it. But, guys, this is, where, this is where I'm admitting. I realize that sometimes I don't do that for him. Yep. If he I felt that too. does saying, something yes. specific <laughs> with his, you know, with parenting where I'm like, well, I think... I actually think my idea there is better. Yeah. But it is a boundary that he set. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever. When I And when I say boundary, it's just like with the kids, he says this. Like, yeah. you know, we're not going to do that. Yeah. I've just said it. Mm-hmm. There have been times where I come in and I'm like, oh, no, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But that would be the same thing as him making Pop-Tarts after I just made right. hash browns. Right. I already said we're only eating hash browns, mm-hmm. which I don't ever eat just hash browns for <laughs> breakfast. But you know what I mean? Like... That'd be Sounds like him good. making Pop-Tarts after I just made my breakfast. Yeah. If I come in and yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can totally read another book. Yeah. When he's already said, mm-hmm. we read our last book, mm-hmm. we're going to bed. Mm-hmm. There are times, like, I need to respect whatever boundary he sets just because I think in my mind, wait, this, like, mm-hmm. there is no such thing, mm-hmm. I think, in saying, like, well, this is my domain and this is your domain, therefore I get to make all the boundaries here. Mm-hmm. I think when we expect... When we set our own boundaries, we really do need to respect other people's. Yes. And again, we're talking big boundaries here, but like what I'm just mentioning here, these are like little baby ones. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if I have an issue with not 
with finishing, like reading another book versus not. I'm, I really need to make sure I'm not bringing up, undermining him Mm -hmm. in front of our kids. Mm -hmm. If later I want to say, hey, I think we should read three books before bed instead of one. Yeah. I'm literally just making up this example right here. But, um, I should talk to him about that later. Yeah. Not in the breaking. Because I don't want my kids to remember me, like him setting a boundary and me just walking all over it or vice versa. I don't want them to remember me setting a boundary and him making Pop-Tarts undermining my meal. You know what I mean? So I think both, like, I don't know. I think, uh, seriously, like me and Felicia, I was, we were both sitting in (laughs) our cars because we were doing it virtually. So we're just, and we have to be in our cars because that's the only place our children can't get to us. And I was like, oh my, oh my, Felicia, I think I've done this. I've done this before and I'm ashamed to admit it. It's that you, you put, I'm like, well, my boundaries are better than your boundaries. (laughs) That was the feeling of like, well, yeah, but mine's right. You know, like you kind of, and I think as moms, probably we get, well, whoever's around the kids more, I think you get in that mode of my boundaries are better. I, I'm setting like the main boundaries. You can be here, but like these are my main boundaries. So uh-huh. that's everybody's. But I think that's an important conversation. And after we talked about it, I was like, okay, I've really got to do some soul searching and some conversations on this because I can tell you, we just hit this in the last probably year. Like, I feel like with babies and toddlers, this doesn't happen as much because they don't talk as much and they're not like, you know, conniving behind your back to the other one. But we've just hit this probably in the last year where, you know, they ask one parent and then they go ask the other parent something or whatever it is. But I think this is such an important conversation to have with with your spouse of what are your boundaries? What are my, I think it could get you on that same page so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for you to see each other's boundaries and crucial to not like united front, like not undermining each other. Cause that happened. I I've mm-hmm. done that a million times. Like that's not a big deal or whatever, because I think my boundary is better. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. Cause I would be very upset if the other person did that to me, you know? Totally. So totally. And those require conversations yeah. that are not in front of kids for you to even exactly. be aware. Because I think not a lot of times, moment. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's just because we don't know what the other person, because I'm sure in your situation, Parker probably had like a specific goal in mind when he right. set the, the limit. Right. In these situations, limit's probably the best word, right? Yeah. Like he set limit. a limit with yeah. your kids. And maybe you shouldn't know why he had set that certain limit. So it's like, guys, this is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. But a separate conversation for him to explain, this is why I think this limit mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. You know, the one book before bedtime, in mm-hmm. my example, this is why I wanted that. Yeah. Because I want this time for us after, whatever. Yeah, right. Then you can both know. So I think talking about your own specific limits that you're setting with children as a couple is really, really helpful. And it makes sure you're not undermining each other in front of kids, which, yes. anyway, I'm ashamed it never to admit feels it. Good. Yeah, I'm, but. yeah, I'm, it was like a light bulb for me that I, I'm committing right now to be better at because it would be really disheartening. We're all giving our best to parenting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of us are, right? Even when <laughs> it doesn't look like it. Yeah. Parenting is something that we all care about. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really disheartening to be like, I feel like I'm just being undermined all the time. Totally. Why I'm, would I even try? I'm trying here and yeah. you're just undermining me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That'd yeah. be really, yeah. really frustrating and would lead to resentment. So, And I'm sure if you're not the primary caregiver, you feel that, at least for me, I know, I know because Parker and I have talked about it. He's like, that is more your domain, obviously. I'm reading, researching, experimenting all the time. And so 
you know, if, if you don't have those open conversations, I know we've had a lot of questions from listeners saying like, how do I get my husband on the same page? And that might be one key is, at least for me, I'm saying this might be a key because it's probably a key for me and it might be a key for other people, but is to really listen to their their thoughts, their feelings, and respect them and not just assume, because sometimes for me, I can just assume I know the best about all these kind of things and not give that full respect to their thoughts. Mm -hmm. But they'd probably, anyone with inclusion and they feel like you have, if they feel like you are trusting them, will probably be more likely to get on the same page and be more willing to try. Mm -hmm. So... And something valuable to remember that I've read so many times and I agree with. Sometimes I think we need to trust our, your husband or your wife, your significant other, that -hmm. whatever they're bringing to the table is also what your kids need. And it might be different than Mm -hmm. yours. In Mm -hmm. fact, it 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 is is, because they're different people and your way isn't always the best way. Mm -hmm. So I think talking about it, being united as you can is always great, but when it comes down to it, I think it's just like Jenna Lansbury says, if, you know, your kids go to your grandparents' house and, like, for example, <laughs> my parents, you know, like my mom told my dad, she's like, you can say no to the grandkids, right? And he was like, why would I ever say no? Like, that doesn't even make sense. But that's not doing damage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. everybody, you can actually still be different and still yeah. just hold your own boundaries. If it yeah. comes down to it, you can always just hold your own mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? That, yeah. that can also be enough. It doesn't have to be like, you must do this exactly like me or yeah. else it's wrong. Yeah. Except for in situations of abuse and then it is wrong. Yes. And get help. Yes. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, if people just, it's it's actually okay mm-hmm. to disagree about stuff mm-hmm. and just say, you know what, I'm going to do this my way mm-hmm. and I want you to respect it and you're going to do that part and it's going to be your way. And mm-hmm. even though it's not how I would do it, it's okay. You yeah. Know? So there is, we're talking here about unity and being on the same page. And I think it's okay also to, on some things, be like, we're different. Yeah. And I value what you're bringing to this, mm-hmm. even though it's different than what I bring mm-hmm. to it. And that's okay. Yeah. Kids, being raised in a community setting, I think, is well, the feeling of a lot of different people's influences, I think is really important for kids. Yeah. And totally. Good for them. And just to be clear, too, because I know my mom and dad listen to this podcast dad what i'm saying is <laughs> i don't i think it's great that my kids can go mm-hmm. to a place and mm-hmm. know that yeah they're gonna be totally just they love it there uh-huh. and oh, it, yeah that isn't going to like it doesn't change Damage. their mm-hmm. it does it's good for them mm-hmm. and then at my house when i have limits they know i hold those specific limits and mm-hmm. i can say no and what i'm saying is i think it's beautiful to have yeah. both i don't think kids say well Papa said yes yeah. to this treat, and you're saying no. Mm-hmm. That's confusing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, because they know I always say no mm-hmm. before dinner to a treat. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, yeah. kids are very smart. Different people do different things, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, an important thing about boundaries here, uh, this is just kind of a philosophical thing that I'm t- also trying to decide how I think about it, but um, I had a friend post on Facebook a little while ago. So there's a phrase, and I've heard people say this a lot. It's something to this effect. Watch how people treat you. Because you're teaching them how you will allow them to treat you in the future. That kind of idea. And my friend was like, what do you guys think about this? Because sometimes I feel like maybe I'm being too kind and patient and people are walking all over me. Um, And I thought about it for like weeks. I actually didn't even comment because I was like, I have to think about this. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I decided what I thought about it, it was so far past. But, (laughs) um, But I think, okay, when I hear, I know there's like a few people that I hear use that phrase a lot. Like, 
hey, I got to be standing up for myself all the time because if I don't, then people are going to walk all over me. Yeah. But what I think happens is that lots of times they turn things into fights that aren't actually fights. Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't that somebody's walking all over you because they said a comment that was sharp. It's just because that person was having a bad day, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if we look at our lives, it's kind of like the sharp stick thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or well, I said a sword earlier, but it's like that. Because there's no boundary, you're just feeling like everything's a fight and people are always... Mm-hmm. I don't think being kind and patient is the same thing. I think you can be kind and patient with boundaries mm-hmm. and not be walked all over. So mm-hmm. I actually, like that whole f- phrase, I just kind of like put to the side of what it me- what boundaries mean to me are somebody doesn't know that there is a boundary unless I tell them, mm-hmm. right? So somebody says something to me that to me is like, this is crossing a boundary. And to be clear, that is 90% of what random people say to me. If somebody says a rude comment, I don't even care, honestly. To me, it's like, this says more about you than me. In fact, when people say insults to me, and I've told my kids this a million times, this is like our family rule. Somebody gives me an insult. My options are, I ask myself, is it true? And if it is true, you know what? I'm actually going to take that in consideration. Mm-hmm. Like, let me do some soul searching about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the feedback. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. But mm-hmm. like, you know what? I was really late. Mm-hmm. And I do have a problem with being late. You're right. Let me look at my time management skills mm-hmm. here. 90% of the time, it's not even true, mm-hmm. right? And then I get to choose, do I let it, I'm going to bring it into me? Or am I going to let it bounce off? So like with my kids all the time, that's what we go through. They're like, mom, she said this to me. And I say, is it true? Most of the time, it's not. Okay, mm-hmm. are you gonna let it? Are you gonna bring it in, or are you let it bounce off? Right. Honestly, that's like what most people say to me. It doesn't even bother me. Like mm-hmm. I don't even like I don't even get offended. It's mm-hmm. like whatever. Mm-hmm. You're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. But if there's something that's like, wow, this is a boundary. I feel like you're actually like walking on me here, mm-hmm. or it's with somebody close in my life where it's like this is actually going to become something if I yeah. let this slide. So this doesn't really apply to just random people. Then you can't expect somebody to know what the boundary is unless you actually tell them. So it could look like I don't, I'm not able to take criticism about my parenting on the fly. Mm -hmm. It's too difficult for me. So um, I'm going to ask you once a year (laughs) for parenting feedback. Mm -hmm. And, but I I actually don't want parenting criticism at any other time, right? That could be your boundary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, my, this is not in my situation here. I'm just saying, you know, like, hey, my sister, um, my sister-in-law, <laughs> I, I can't take, yeah, because Felicia doesn't do this. Um, I can't take that kind of, it's just, I'm. It's, it hurts too much. Mm-hmm. So, but I do want, I mean, I, I value what you have to say, but seriously, like it has to be like a once a year thing and I'm going to ask for it. Mm-hmm. So just, so you know, every spring I'm going to ask you one time, but I can't have you criticizing every other time because it's too much for mm-hmm. me. You can set that boundary or like Glennon Doyle says when her, like her mom was feeling really fearful about her life choices. And she's like, my kids and I are not feeling fearful. Mm-hmm. So once you've taken care of your own fear, we can let mm-hmm. that on the drawbridge and you can come, mm-hmm. but don't bring the fear here. Mm-hmm. So you can set boundaries like that emotion that you're feeling, you feel it, but you, I can't have you bring it here. Yep. That's the boundary that I'm setting. And if mm-hmm. you if you bring it here and you bring that criticism here, I will ask you to leave. But it's not because I don't love you, right? Yeah. It's just because yeah. I'm, I'm literally setting a boundary. And when you're ready to come back, Brene Brown gave this similar example. Her dad says something to her about the way she was parenting her kid. And she actually had to say, dad, I value your opinion, but I can't, like, I'm not going to hear that. And if I if you are going to keep sharing it, then I'm going to have to distance myself. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of times people feel resentful about the way people are treating them regularly. I'm not talking about just like a random comment, but they never actually set the boundaries. So they end up just feeling resentful. Like you keep doing this, you keep doing this, you keep crossing this invisible line that you don't even know exists. And so I think the key with having a boundary is here's the boundary. If you cross it lovingly, I'm not going to freak out. I can still be kind and patient and loving and set this boundary. But in that situation, we're going to have to leave. Mm-hmm. So like my mom with her uh, verbally abusive dad, I remember visiting him as a kid and she'd tell him, if you do these things, once you yell mm-hmm. at me, I'm leaving with my children, just mm-hmm. so you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you attack this, 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 or if you say these things, we'll leave. And it can be calm, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be like, I'm freaking out back. But it just, if you do these things, we stay. Mm -hmm. And if you do these things, we're just going to calmly leave. Mm -hmm. So you set a boundary and then you explain what will happen if they cross that boundary. Mm -hmm. And then you hold it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I see see that getting confused a lot. I feel like people say, well, being nice, being kind is being walked over. And I don't think, I think you can still be kind and set boundaries but you can't expect people to hold boundaries unless you tell what they are and you actually have something that you do then. And to you hold communicate that them and express them clearly. Because I feel like this is something that happens all the time. My blank keeps doing this and it drives me crazy. Da, 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 da. But the person doesn't know that that's a boundary for you. And you see it in little situations of, you know, they're stopping by unannounced or it cannot, it can, it, they're totally non-aggressive there it's not like a thing that is they're trying to do maliciously but it's just we haven't expressed those boundaries to the people around us i think that can be your kid your husband your all the things yeah Mm -hmm. so i love that explanation and this gets tricky when you're living with somebody because i think it's important to distinguish here the setting boundaries doesn't mean expecting perfection right so you know it doesn't mean like hey if you're impatient, that means me and the kids are going to leave because you're grumpy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, everybody has their up days and their down days. Yeah. And like, yeah. hey, if you don't brush your teeth in the morning, that drives me crazy. Or if you splatter <laughs> on the mirror, you know what I mean? When I'm you brush your here. teeth, that means that's my boundary. <laughs> and you did not, you're, you didn't wipe the toilet seat or whatever the thing is. We yeah. all are imperfect people. So right. setting a boundary doesn't mean requiring perfection out of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. with ultimatums. Mm-hmm. If you do this, I will divorce you. That's an ultimatum yeah. that's manipulative, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's just trying to bend people to your will. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about boundaries that require you, are part of you saying this is out of respect mm-hmm. and wholeness. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty big picture mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be petty little things yeah. like, yeah, I can't believe you left your toothbrush out or how dare you be not perfectly happy when you walk in the door you know yes. what i mean like you walked in you had a scowl on your face you know what you don't just expect- get out <laughs> yes. get out not allowed. <laughs> so you know what i mean i think that's an yes. important distinction i think you can totally. get a little carried away with the whole i set a boundary yeah and you didn't do it <laughs> yes totally and then it's just manipulative <laughs> yes totally yep i love that distinction okay and our last tip here with if we're circling back to um finding a place for um liberation dreaming wanting more and perhaps being okay with striving and wanting to do something else inside of your life is to our last our last tip is um and we've mentioned this bef- before but we love to think of setting goals with realistic timelines as 
when you're in this season of motherhood, when it's so much, um, is to put them on your low simmer on the back burner. And I, this has really helped me not feel, because I'm definitely an achiever when it comes to, you know, I have goals, big picture goals that I want to achieve. And that was something that was hard for me when I first got into the thickness of motherhood was, ah, like my brain is like, I want to do all this stuff. But the my day-to-day life is very low stimulation. <laughs> my brain is very just mushy right now. And it was feeling frustrating of, are these all just going to dissolve into the universe and go away and I'll never get to do any of them. So that the last tip I have is, you know, set still set those goals and keep them on your back burner on simmer and I think if you do that and this is you know uh Brendan Burchard talks about this in high performance habits but it's you know any um high achieving high performing if you you have a lot of stuff that you're not going to be able to do every single day but if you're just remembering lighting that fire affirmations, you know, bringing it up in your mind, it will circle back for you. And I think the only way that we're able to achieve those things, if we are in a full-time caregiving role, is to ask for help. And again, not being a martyr in those situations, help your family in a clean, healthy way to see the importance of those goals, your mental health, your physical health, your morning time, it's okay to ask for that space and that time. Mm-hmm. Or I'm trying to develop myself as a writer. I'm going to set this time aside to write mm-hmm. and I'm going to take that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And, and ask for help in that I'm setting this aside because I want to be better at this. It's important to me over yep. my long-term yep. future. Or I know I have so many friends who've gone, you know, like they're like raising kids and getting degrees themselves Totally. I think that's awesome for your kids to see. You know, mm-hmm. I'm taking this time and yeah, it does. It's taking away time from you. Mm-hmm. But it's because this part of my mind I have decided is important and I want this. Mm-hmm. And I think our kids, it's valu- It's really valuable for them to see you make deliberate choices and then hold that space for mm-hmm. yourself and your mm-hmm. own growth, mm-hmm. whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. And if you're holding that in a clean I keep saying the word clean because it like explains it so well when it comes to boundaries and this kind of stuff because you don't want it to be in a place of, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Like stop bugging because then it, that's not, it's making, then they're going to feel grouchy against the thing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They're going to be bugged about the thing. I feel that with yoga right now (laughs) because I'm doing home practice yoga, right? I I can't go to my yoga studio and I had to make the deliberate choice. This could look different for everybody. It mm-hmm. could be locking the door. I'm doing yoga by myself. Leave me alone. Which I totally respect because that yeah. is also setting a boundary. Yeah. For me, I decided I'm going to let my kids come in and out as much as I want. I just mute my Zoom thing. Mm-hmm. And Liam, my, my three-year-old, like, loves climbing on me mm-hmm. during yoga, which in a way is kind of annoying. In another way, it's kind of sweet and I kind of mm-hmm. love it. But for me, I actually decided I want this. I want the word yoga. I'm having this opportunity right now to develop something that's still super important to me just because I can't go to the studio. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually able to do it more because I can do it from home now. Whereas even when I could go to the studio, I didn't want to go 
as much as I'm doing it now. Yeah. But I do it every day. Like I tell my kids, I'm literally taking care of my body. And for me, taking care of my body looks like hiking or yoga. Those mm-hmm. are my two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and handstands right now. Mm-hmm. So those are my things. I'm doing it every day. And I'm going to do yoga. And it's going to take an hour. And I'm going to be in my bedroom doing yoga. You're mm-hmm. welcome to come in and out. But I'm not going to stop. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing the yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cute because you've seen both my boys who have, my girls yoga with me all the time. They already love yeah. it. But it's been really fun to see my boys. Like, they'll be like, wait, you're doing yoga? Yeah. They, they like, like bring in yeah. their little mats and sometimes climb on me, sometimes just lay on the floor and then run around and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I made the deliberate choice of, I want this to be actually a positive thing for them. I don't mm-hmm. want them to grow up resenting yoga. Mm-hmm. Or I think that applies to anything. If you're like making it a terrible thing, like, oh, I've got to do this because I have homework because I'm getting my degree. Mm -hmm. They're going to grow up being like higher education sounds terrible because my mom made it look awful. Mm -hmm. Or same thing with like in the writing example. If I'm like, like making it into this terrible thing, like I got to take time for my writing, guys. I got to do it Mm -hmm. and make them feel way guilty no, yeah. like we can just choose to be like in a very calm way. Like, hey, I'm holding the space. Yeah. I get it. You want a drink of water? Sorry. You can't get enough. Yeah. You can cry about it if you need to. But yeah. I'm going to keep typing because this is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I want you to follow your dreams too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and there's also plenty of connection before and after you feeling. Right. As we say, filling your own buckets here. You're spending plenty of time making sure that you're being, I would say, make sure you're being present mm-hmm. in the time you're with them. Mm-hmm. Bookending that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't like you're like neglecting them because of totally. course your kids are gonna be ne- resentful if you're like my mom was never there with me she was always just on her Computer just and, typing yeah. improving her <laughs> writing skills and she never even spent time with me yeah but if you're spending whatever the amount of time you have set aside for it and mm-hmm. then you're connecting with them before and after mm-hmm. in a loving way they're gonna grow up being like that was so cool my mom had that unicorn space and she held space f- mm-hmm. she actually held space for it mm-hmm. yep. And she was accepting of, and I think about this even on small examples, you know, I feel like this happened way more with, um, my, with Cohen was even something as small as going on a date with your husband and you leave your kid with someone else or with a babysitter and you're, so they're going to, I mean, Cohen and Terrilyn knows because a lot of, you know, we'd have, I'd have her watch him for different stuff. And until he was probably like three it was a very emotional thing for him when I would leave but what I I believe what really made it okay and I can say he is still it's still the hardest for him than any of my kids when we go somewhere now he doesn't cry anymore but even when we first have had the when we had a new baby he would still have a hard time when we would like go on dates Mm -hmm. and I think if because I approached it in a way of like, you really don't want me to leave. We're still going to go. But it's not like, oh, it's not either way. Like, oh my gosh, stop crying. Like I'm going on a date. Stop. Like I'm, you know, like getting mad or the opposite of, you know, then breaking my own. I've set that boundary of time to connect with my husband. But because you're crying, I'm going to martyr. I'm going to sacrifice for you and I'm just going to stay. So it's just, but it's just that clean, like, I respect that you're feeling that way about it. And this is what I'm still going to do. I think our that is our kids respond so well to that clean emotion. We all do, even as adults. When we can see that someone, they're not mad at us because of the boundary. They're not sacrificing themselves. This is just what it is. And they're going to hold it. And I think it, it it's a super healthy way to approach it. I love that word, clean. That's a it's really... really working. <laughs> and, it, and it takes the pressure off of... 
our kids don't have to carry our marriage for us. Totally. They don't have to be like, well, you know what? You guys were cranky when we go on dates. So we yeah. never went on dates. So we've sacrificed our marriage on the altar of parenting. Yes. So what's on you? Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> then we have a terrible relationship. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's totally. not on our kids. Totally. Our marriage is up to us. And I think it's so healthy for them to see us holding the space for our marriage. Yeah, I think that's totally. Brilliant. I love the idea of clean. Clean meaning we're not like burdening it with all the negative emotions and freaking out about it mm-hmm. or extra laying on the guilt of like, this is on you. Yes. I love that idea of clean. So just as a recap, uh, the, when kind of talking about finding ourselves, uh, the four things that we kind of focused on during this episode are first of all, that being a parent does not mean being a martyr Our kids don't need saving. They need us to save ourselves. Mm -hmm. The second is to find stillness, to really truly know what authentically is important to you as a parent Mm -hmm. and as a person. Mm -hmm. The feelings you want to cultivate and specifically the most important tasks in your day that make you feel that. Mm -hmm. And the third is figure out your why and set and hold your boundaries and allow other people to set and hold their own boundaries. And the fourth is to not forget about your own goals and actually set aside space for working towards those goals as you strive while Mm -hmm. still being satisfied. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us and letting us uh, talk this one out with you. (laughs) Let's find the magic. (laughs) You can tell we haven't talked to people for a while. Yes. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Brown cows. <laughs>